and welcome to the Heart God Media Podcast. We are back with a brand new episode, uh, and today we have familiar faces, uh, co-hosts, if you will, um, of the illustrious and infamous uh, Heart God Media alumni. And today we have uh, Mr. Eric Tyler. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. Sean Henderson. You. And good old Chris K. Hello. Here to uh, discuss uh, a few different things. We're going to actually talk about uh, horror conventions a little bit. We uh, Some of us just attended one. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our horror convention experiences. I know um, we all waited in probably the longest line any of us have ever waited in, in the Robert England line years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a treat. Such a treat that was. When he first came, I think that was one of his first in Cherry Hill, at least for a, a good year gap. That was the first big one where he came and did like a real deal signing um, that, I, that we were aware of from going to horror conventions for a few years, and then he showed up. But we're also going to talk about some horror merch companies, some we like, uh pricing uh you know officially licensed stuff there's a lot of companies out there doing a lot of cool stuff uh and it would be good to get the word out to some of our fans or lack thereof uh about about someone's listening someone's always listening uh but yeah let's dive right into convention talk um so we just attended uh the uh monster mania in cherry hill and um it packed house, obviously, but they have since capped the tickets, so you they can't oversell it. So the fire marshal doesn't come in and shut it down like he tried to, or almost successfully did a few years ago. Yeah, that was probably the craziest experience I've had at one. There was, uh, like we talked about recently, they oversold that like crazy, and uh, it was complete chaos. Nobody knew anything, any of the volunteers, nobody knew anything. There were so many people that you couldn't walk around, and they almost shut that down. It was insane. Yeah, and they, you know, they pretty much had to stop people from coming in that weren't even part of the uh, convention going. They just had a hotel room, and they pretty much put the kibosh on anybody coming in because they were so over capacity. It was creating supreme fire hazards. But they've since they've actually improved upon that by limiting the tickets, so it is crowded still. It's tight knit, but it's not as dangerous and as crowded as it was. Um, but nevertheless, I mean. Horror conventions are bigger now than they've ever been, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so at this one, um, you know, you, you, big names, uh, you know, Ric Flair, Lance Hendrickson, Ski Ulrich, Clive, uh, Barker. Clive Barker, Robert Englund, and uh, something we've seen over the years is the increase of pricing. I know when we met Robert Englund, it was if you were getting an eight by ten. Or your own item signed, it was thirty dollars, and I think his book was forty. Yeah. And now he charges just straight up a hundred dollars for an autograph with no photo. With, with the, no photo. With the book, he also did a personalized yeah sketch. Yeah. Uh, and you know that's uh, and he had an incessant line on the Saturday that we were just there, as he did when we first met him. I believe that was 2011, 2012. 12, maybe. I was going to say, what? Uh, you guys remember what year that? I'm so awful with years. I can't even remember. Maybe I'm year. almost positive it was March 2012. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's correct. But that was a long line. Um, and that was the first time I'd heard of Freddie going. And we were going for three, four years prior to that. Yeah. So, um, 
how long did we wait? We waited outside three for hours. for three hours. Five. Well, yeah, I think we were th- I think we're three hours outside, two hours inside. Yeah, it was fucking a cold March. Yeah. And then this past Saturday, it was a full fucking work shift. It was eight. Yeah. Um, but you got to think at a hundred bucks a pop. Let's say he met two thousand people at a hundred bucks a pop. That's a two hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, I think what well, Monster Man takes a cut. Well, they definitely do because. I mean, well, uh, he was all three. Day- was he all three days too? If he was all yeah, three days, he was all three days. So let's just say on the very low end. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this is gr- it's great for them to come and for people. It's an opportunity. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, Robert England's not getting any younger. He's seventy-two now. I mean, and for you to have for any of us to really, when you really think about it, to you know, uh, I hope the guy lives till he's one hundred and sixty-seven, but. To say that, you know, you've met the Freddy Krueger, I mean, it's like meeting Boris Karloff. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, like, we all have a piece of Robert England, you know, autographed. I mean, that's really saying something. That's like, you know, that's like directors and, I mean, not that we're, any of us are directors, but it's like people, fans of, you know, the famous monsters getting it's like having a boris karloff autograph you lon know what cheney. i mean lon cheney yeah, yeah for sure i mean obviously he's part of the you know the big icons of horror the big uh you know the big icon the big villains and him more uh, him more so than jason because jason's been portrayed by several people exactly. michael myers uh leatherface uh they've all been portrayed by different people there is only one i mean the we're not gonna <laughs> count Jack Earl Haley. Uh, no offense to him, but yeah, great no actor, but... Jack Earl because I do love him. But yeah, obviously there's only one Fred. And uh, um, but you know when we first started going, you you know thirty was like a higher autograph. Yeah, I mean I I, I paid thirty dollars for the money. Yeah, it, they saw the money there. being made for sure. And uh, I mean at first I think I was a little disenchanted. And took years off from like getting people I desired, uh, and I think you guys can relate to that um, because the prices did go up, and you're just like, oh, I remember the glory days when everyone was twenty dollars. And I remember when we met Elvira, and she was twenty five. I was like, oof, yeah, that's kind of steep. Yeah, what the fuck does she think she is? <laughs> and uh, I mean, now it's uh, you know, it's common. Thirty is like the lowest, which only a few people were this time. But I've gotten more and more comfortable with the pricing, um, especially when you see what some of these people bring. I mean, Monster Mania isn't printing off all the 8x10s or all the posters and things like that. So there is some cost that goes into it, and I'm sure Monster Mania takes a cut. So I've become a little more content with the higher pricing. Where do you guys stand with it? Um, it's made me uh, not go as often, you yeah. know what I mean? I think, yeah, I mean, not to, I think it's kind of a product of the environment, and just like anything else, once it gets popular and more people come, they uh, there's more, you know, it increases the price of everything, so. I think we can all agree, though, that with the success of The Walking Dead and them getting thing, people like The Walking Dead, that, uh, bumped it up. that definitely bumped it. We saw the bump, you know, we definitely saw yeah. the, the bump from that. Um, I think it has to do a lot with, like you said, I think The Walking Dead, like, kind of taking over, I don't want to say main, sound cheesy and say the mainstream, but obviously The Walking Dead is watched by a lot of people, 
and then you know beyond that um like stranger things and then like it got a lot of hype uh you know with a lot of people who weren't necessarily always into horror and i think it's just a combination of that and like a resurgence of younger fans getting into things and then i mean i think we can remember when when we were uh, you know going to these mostly monster mania when we see the early stages of the walking dead people i think we those are the people we saw their their prices rise first you know what i mean and then it kind of the rest of the landscape kind of followed suit. Right, because, you know, those people were, you know, you're talking, when they first started doing the conventions, it premiered in October 2010. Um, so you're seeing, like, these people start doing conventions, I think, soon thereafter, probably in 2011. Um, and they, I think that's when people saw, like, you know, when we saw the bump in pricing, um, because they were actively on television, uh, you know, like Sean Whalen, like, what was the at that time? What was he in recently? It was probably like laid to rest or something like that. And uh, you know, people like that, and people who you know have portrayed probably you know like the the Richard Brookers and um, you know the Kane Hodders and things. You know they they start to realize, hey, there's some there's some good money to be made here, and I can't fault them for that um, by any means. But I mean, with the you know the doubling and at some points tripling of prices from we when we first started going it makes you a little more selective with who you who who you're going to you know who do i really want to you know your hard-earned money that you work for you know who am i going to give 50 or 60 dollars to to sign something or 100 or 100 in robert england's case um but then again on the same side of that like if you want to meet someone meet them because they don't live forever yeah it, sure absolutely and, and and it, i think it if anything and, and you guys can attest to this uh uh and eric i know we've talked about it uh definitely um you know it it, it really puts your test like how much are you really truly a fan of of the person that you're going to pay money to have that limited interaction with yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for sure i mean it's definitely tough there's been like I, you know, not this time, but uh, what was it? Last year, the year before, when I met Ric Flair, you know, I paid fifty dollars for his autograph. I, I wanted to get a picture with him, but it was like another fifty dollars, and I just like I can't do this. And uh, I literally paid the fifty dollars to have a, you know, a less than two minute interaction with him to have him sign something. It's and just- you love Ric Flair, but the fact that you didn't spend that other fifty dollars doesn't make you any <clears throat> less of a fan. You just, you know, it's all about gauging, you know. Yeah, you know, know. and I can understand why certain people raise the prices. I do think that it, like, there's no reason for Robert England to charge a hundred dollars. I'd imagine like he could probably charge less than that. He's still making a killing. It's almost like oh yeah, like I'm sure Metallica could stop selling record or stop selling uh, seats for a hundred fifty dollars a piece because they're rich beyond belief anyway well so. we could well we could definitely dive into the whole metallica thing but i think that's a whole yeah. whole nother podcast of them buying <laughs> having someone buy the tickets and then resell them on the resale market yeah, to get no, back I, ended I, with that money i just mean like so many people meet robert england like oh yeah i mean he charged half the price so like let's say how many people do we really think robert england met i mean think about it if, if they they were telling me and sean overheard them talking at the beginning of the show before it even started because we got the early, the early entrance pass, as you know, obviously. Um, before ten o'clock, they were telling people that to get into his line because the line, the wait was going to be anywhere from four to eight hours. So, 
Yes. If he's spending, he, there's no way he's spending more than like five minutes with somebody. Oh, I couldn't imagine. I don't even think. I mean, Clive Barker's line, as you guys saw, because I was in that line, um, I was in and out. Like, I did get to shake his right. hand and say thank you, and and he was very nice. Like, um, but you know, you, I mean, they're kind of in a time crunch there too because they want to make sure everyone has oh, yeah. a chance to get their items signed or or what have you. Um, so it's such a it's such a tricky like situation now. But on the flip side, those huge names aside, it gives us an opportunity to the people that don't have as big as a line to have really cool intimate interactions with. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Conversation. And I mean, and there was a little line for Ski Ulrich. Um, but I was able to kind of have a little conversation with him. I was actually taking a leak, and he uh, sidled up on on me probably about Wait, you were I, taking a leak and having a conversation. With him? Well, I didn't have. Oh. I, I, I was, we weren't talking about the Yankees or anything, but like I was, I was waiting in his line, and there was only there was probably seven or eight people ahead of us, couples or or what have you, um, and I I had Bridget uh, go and wait. Yeah, hold my spot in line. She was waiting in line with me, but I went and took a, a leak in the nearest bathroom, yeah, yeah. which is right in that room. And I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm doing the, I'm doing the dirty deeds done dirt cheap, and <laughs> and he walks in and he looks wrecked, and he, his hair's all over the place, and he's just like, I'm like getting ready to like walk away. He's like, How's it going? Like just kind of like says that to me. And it took me a second. I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, that's fucking skeet. So he takes his leak. I mean, obviously, I'm not like trying to take a picture of him in his dungarees or anything. But so, and then he comes about a half hour later. He comes back downstairs. He's at this point, he's all showered. He's freaking guy looks pretty damn good for his age too. So he's he's definitely hitting the LA Fitness, uh, the 24 hour gym for sure. But uh, I mean, we got way too. I just got way too into how Ski Ulrich was looking, but in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I was probably more impressed with his physique than anybody there. But um, Billy Loomis. But uh, anyway, so wait, gee, I'm all flustered now. Yeah. Thinking about it, but <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I'm bothered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so anyway, yes, it was like Ski. Like I don't, I don't need at this point, like. Uh, to give uh, anyone listening some uh, some insight, like the one of the first conventions we went to, I had like a twenty minute conversation with Gunnar Hansen. Oh, yeah. Sean and I were standing there, and he had a twenty minute conversation talking about the mob involvement with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which was funny because there's actually people right behind us too. Oh yeah, and I hate people do that. I was like, this motherfucker's just telling him about like the first time he ordered the VHS. Like he's heard the story many times. I just want to get my shit signed. That's how I am now. But, you know, that was our first convention, and we had two great interactions in a row with Tom Atkins, who literally was, like, your, the drunk uncle that you love to death, <laughs> um, and Gunnar Hansen. And then, but I, I don't feel the need to have those, like, like, oh, fuck, we, blah, 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 unless they try to in, <clears throat> engage in that extensive conversation. So I pretty much got up to Skeet's line, and... And, you know, he wasn't rushing anybody. It was, like, a steady line. He's like, hey, man, thanks a lot. Hey, he's like, oh, this is a really cool poster. I saw one of these yesterday. They're super limited, aren't they? I was like, yeah, it's limited to 20. And he's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I was like, hey, man, have a have a good day. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Like, really nice. And that's all, that's all I really 
ask for in a one of those meetings, you know, the costly meetings. Uh, you know, <laughs> Skeet was uh, Skeet was a, a a Finsky. He was fifty bucks, but uh, you know now I have Nev and Skeet signed on this nice screen poster. And we got Jamie Kennedy and fucking Lillard and Roger Jackson coming to the one in Maryland, so I'm gonna have to get those three signatures. But uh, I've become way way more selective with who I get. Scream is one of my favorite movies, so I I have to get that. Um, but yeah, it's you and Eric. You you can uh, explain your uh, Tony Todd story because uh, Tony Todd's someone that's kind of eluded you for a while, as Doug Bradley, who I bet finally. Uh, kind of eluded me either his line was too long or we didn't have we we're crunch for time or, or what have you but you were finally able to meet tony todd and you got a funny little story why don't you share that yeah i mean i uh tony todd actually he's, he's, uh, he's been to a lot of conventions obviously that we go to but uh like you said always either his time or or no one knows his line or whatever so i did uh we got the early pass this year like i said and i was actually the first one in his line surprisingly but uh, he made he definitely made me wait he uh didn't show up for about an hour and 15 minutes after the show started but uh he was um i don't he was really cool he was really interactive he you know he really like seemed like he really cared about uh you know making that experience cool for me he asked for my name and we talked a little bit but um he was kind of uh you know when he was sitting at his table he had his agent kind of putting out his agent was like putting out all of his pictures and stuff like that and and uh he had some cool stuff and and somebody had made my wife uh overheard somebody talking about uh you know something being 35 dollars and and he made a comment basically like oh i wish all of this could be 35 dollars kind of insinuating at least from what we gathered that someone is making him charge more for that stuff yeah that was was kind of eye-opening kind of strange but uh yeah because they don't i knew uh they were taking a cut but i didn't think they like set people's prices but uh, that being said, yeah, Tony was uh, obviously he's an icon and he's been in so much great stuff. And he was he was very very nice. He also looked, which was good. He looked really good, which was good to see because it looked like he was a little bit off uh, recently. But he was uh, in good spirits. He was super cool and he was super funny. And uh, I got a, a hatch of poster signs, uh, which has him and Adam Green and Kane Hodder on it as well. So it was really cool. Nice. And uh, it's uh, you know. Something I, I think I've come to appreciate, and I'm sure you guys can attest uh, as well, is being able to see. Not It's not even so much anymore is meeting and having that interaction with the, the people that you're meeting now as to see them interact with everyone. I mean, we were in that small room, and you guys were watching, Eric and Sean, you guys were watching Ric Flair interact with people and joke around and razz people. And, uh, I mean, that's cool just to see them be people, you know, right. interact with everybody. Yeah, Rick was, uh, Flair was hilarious, and Sean could speak about it more, too, but he was, like, just talking to everybody, and people were coming in, obviously, wooing, I'm sure he hears a woo, like, literally, probably, like, <laughs> I don't think there's any word that he's said, or people have said to him more than woo. Think about, like, that's your yeah, life, I mean, like, if someone I, recorded I, all the things that were ever said to you, and you said to people, woo is the number one for <laughs> Rick Flair. crazy. <laughs> I gotta think he, he like, on probably any day he goes out in public, he's gotta hear woo at least, like... In the grocery store. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he hears it anywhere from, like, 20 to, like, a thousand times. Like, I, I'm sure over Monster Mania weekend, he, he heard woo at least 2,000 times. Oh, yeah. 
and he probably said it about three thousand. So. <laughs> so, so something we posted on our Instagram account at Heart Guide Media on Instagram um, was uh, the meeting of James Hong, who is better known as Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China. He was also Cassandra's father in uh, Wayne's World too. Um, you're worthy of my daughter. Um, uh, he was, uh, he seemed like the life of the entire convention. I just gotta sneak in here, and that, that's what my biggest regret from this last one is not meeting him. Like, I was telling you guys, uh, well, obviously, I know we all love Big Trouble in Little China. I absolutely love it. Like, it's, you know, obviously one of my favorite movies ever, one of my favorite Carpenter movies, but I was thinking in my head, I was so stupid that, like, he's 90, and I was like, man, it's gonna be, like, he's probably so out of it. And he's, you know, it's just going to be awkward. Like, I, I, so I didn't even plan on meeting him. And then, like Jesse said, the guy stole the show. I mean, he was upbeat and, like, hilarious. And then, like, for his photo op, I mean, he, he didn't look, when he was in the Lopan makeup, didn't even look like he aged at all. <laughs> no, no. And if anybody wants, I mean, you got Jesse, I'm sure, has, he will do his, uh, his voice impression, I'm sure. During <laughs> this, so. He does a pretty good one. Not to put him on the spot. But. So I was, uh, so we were in the pavilion room, which had Skeet Ulrich, it had Doug Bradley, two people I was meeting. Uh, it had Joey Lauren Adams, who Sean had uh, engaged with. That sounds really devious, like he did something yeah, else with did. her. But um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, and you met uh, Tony Todd. So this was all in the big pavilion room. And when he walked in, I mean, Ryan Hurst got like a nice little, uh, from Sons of Anarchy and Ozark, got like a nice little ovation. Like when he finally came in, he was really stoked. Um, but Ron when Perlman also got one. Who did? Ron Perlman. Yes, Ron Perlman, of course, obviously. Um, but when James Hong came in at 90 years old, like people were chanting, like people like went off, and I was just like, oh my god, people are going off for James Hong right now. Fast forward, um, uh, probably an hour, two hours later. And we are in the smaller room, which has Ric Flair. It has Eldon Henson and Devin Sawa from Idle Hands. Um, and uh, Vivica A. Fox, obviously, of <laughs> Independence Day and, like, uh, Idle Hands as well. And and uh, and Lance Hendrickson, who I was meeting, and, and you had, Sean, you had met uh, Ric Flair, and you and Eric were over by Flair's table. And I was waiting in Lance Hendrickson's line. Um, and Lance, you know, 79 years old. He's going to be 80. He's, you know... Nice as can be, he was very impressed with everyone's patience. He was just super nice, and the guy just has like a voice. Like I would like to, I would actually read or, or you know, audio book the Holy Bible. Like if he read it, because <laughs> I think he would be great. I think he could read. I think he could probably do anything. Like he could Pinocchio. Like I, I feel like his voice could do anything. I think he's an underrated uh, voice actor. Anyway. Waiting in his line, uh, struck up some conversation about Clive Barker with a, another uh, attendee, and, and we're sitting there. Um, so we already have established that James Hong is 90 years old, but he's literally living in a 25-year-old like body, or, or no, body. like he's no, he's in a 90-year-old body, but his mind and his spirit, his spirit is that of a 25-year-old that had just downed 25 quarters lights at a Buffalo Bills game. <laughs> So I have no doubt he's in better shape than me. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna outlive me. There's no way he's <laughs> anyway. So 
sitting there. I'm at Lance's table on the end. There's probably four or five people ahead of me. Bridget and I are standing there. And um, we were probably waiting in line for probably about a half hour at that point. Not too long. And Lance had just returned from his photo op um, that he was doing. And then he came back. And the line's moving pretty steady. Lance is having some good interactions that we're seeing with people. And then out of nowhere, right from beyond my left shoulder, James Hong. And I see one of the, uh, one of the, uh, what do you want to call them? Handlers. Yeah. Monster Mania handlers are saying, oh no, this way, Mr. Hong. And then another one of the handlers or staff members said, uh, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, James wants to, James wants to say hello to Lance. I was just like, oh, oh my God, this is great. Um, so the uh, staff member says, oh, this way, James, you can come around the table. No, I'm coming through this way. I'm coming through. <laughs> Pushes me and Bridget out of the way. They're going to meet Lance. They're coming around the table. So it comes around. 90 years old. Pushes through a bunch of basement dwellers. I mean, not me. I have my own apartment. I'm not a basement dweller. But uh, gets up there. <laughs> uh, gets up there. Shit, you would have thought him and Lance, like him and Lance, are coordinating like times so they can eat lunch together. Lance and him are shaking hands. When I posted pictures of this on the Heart God Media Instagram, so please go check them out if you're listening to this. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar, Lance Hendrickson, uh, legendary actor, he was Bishop in Aliens, he was uh, Chains Cooper in Stone Cold, uh, he was at Harley and Pumpkinhead. I mean, if you see the guy, you, you've seen him in something. He's just one of those legendary face actors. You'll know yeah. him. He was Jesse in Near Dark. Um, and James Hong, obviously. Is, he, I mean, we just discovered this, too. James Hong has 433 acting credits. Yeah. And, and just to put that into perspective, I think Lance has 182. And, like, people we thought were like, oh, this, this guy's definitely got more than James Hong. I haven't found anybody on IMDb that has more than James Hong right now. Yeah, we, we were pretty shocked with that 433. We tried to, pretty we tried to look up a couple other people to see, hmm? and nobody was close. <laughs> Bridget said Sean Whalen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got 433, and we got probably, what, 14, maybe. Yeah. Jury duty. <laughs> Idle hands. Twister. <laughs> Twister, classic. Um, but anyway, so uh, Lance is, they're sitting there, they're shaking hands. Uh, Lance grabs an 8x10, he signs it for him, he writes something on the back. I'm hoping it was like his phone number. I hope they're like, I hope they're like on like uh, the Sunset Strip right now. Like, we're going to the rainbow, Lance. Like, <laughs> what the hell would they be? <laughs> they're taking a picture with the Lemmy statue right now. It's like, let's take a picture with Lemmy. <laughs> Lemmy, I love Ace of Spades, I love it. <laughs> I guarantee James Hong is an Orgasmatron record fan. He loves that record. Oh, my God. Anyway. But, like, he was literally, like, so, I mean, it was just amazing to see, like, how, like, he was, like, waving to everybody. He was so happy. So then, um, so then later that night, we're looking on Instagram and hashtags Monster Mania because we always love seeing, like, the pictures of everyone. James Hong, after he did the low pan makeup photo op, went out and signed in his low-pan makeup, and we're watching videos of him, like, holding, like, babies up. He's, he's like, quoting, like, his Seinfeld episode. Cut right! Like, <laughs> he's just, like, like walking around, low-pan, motherfucker, move! Like, yeah, I hope, I mean, I pray that he's, 
he comes back. So. Oh my god, it, it was just like it was so much like, and I think something we can, uh, Eric, you and I, and uh, your brother Brian, Mister BT, uh, can kind of say the same thing about Joe Pilato. None of us met Joe Pilato at that Saturday Nightmares, but he was the life of the convention at that one that we saw back in 2010. Yeah, I mean he rolled up uh, even while we we're standing in line outside and just started. Sus- he had, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, suspenders with some like uh, pleated pants and a and a silk blue tank top with a blazer over it. Yeah. It's like March, blazer. like thirteen degrees out. With like some matrix sunglasses. Matrix sunglasses. <laughs> he's talking to like they have a crypt keeper in the ticket booth, and he's just like asking it out on a date. He's quoting Day of the Dead. He's walking around with like I don't even know like cognac and coke. I mean, throughout that whole show, you could hear him screaming. Yeah, choke on a bus, Fox. <laughs> like literally screaming. At one point, I think it was it was after we got batteries for the digital camera and we walked in there. Yes, this was two thousand eight or no two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. So, uh, yeah, we were still using a digital camera because no one had an iPhone at that point. Um, and he just like walked by. And he's just like, where the fuck is the Q&A? <laughs> like, <laughs> just yelling. He's down by, like, the, the horror merch booth. Like, like they're, they're looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? They probably didn't even know who it was. Anyway. I think that's what's, what the most funny thing was, is when he first rolled up. I mean, I don't think a good majority of people in the line at first were like, who the fuck is well, this guy? Well, it took us a second, and then I think you're like, that's fucking Joe Pilato. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, because I, I, you know, I haven't, hadn't really seen him since, you know, obviously I'm not, I didn't know what he looked like at that time, but he looks, I, and you can vouch, he looked completely different than he did in the movie, so. And, uh, I mean, rest in peace, uh, Joe Pilato, uh, that's someone I, I deeply regret we didn't, uh, we didn't have a chance to meet, so hopefully we have a chance to meet uh, James Hong, because he was just, uh, he was next level for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm kicking myself for not meeting him, but uh, but hopefully there's there's still time. He's like we said, he's in better shape than I am, so I'm sure uh, we'll have a chance. So um, I, I'm not sure if it was uh, the staff at Monster Mania or it was Clive Barker's decision, but Clive had an, a pretty extensive line, and then he had, I believe, two or three back to back photo ops and had to take a lunch. So uh, initially, I got in his line and then decided to leave because. They're like, oh, he's not going to start signing until, like, probably 1130 or noon. So I was like, well, I better just go get Ski Ulrich now and get Doug Bradley and get Lance and get that all out of the way. And then I'll hop in the line and see how long it's going to be for Clive Barker. I do that. Um, we immediately get uh, pushed up to an upper room. And then we get, you know, we got before right before that, we got broke with the news that he's doing back-to-back photo ops. And then he's going to lunch. So I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be treacherous. I was, I was having, uh, you know, a mini breakdown i was just like oh my god what do i do do i like when am i ever gonna meet clive barker again um so luckily i'm not sure if it was the staff's call or it was clive barker's call but one of the things i was really kind of stressing out about is being able to enjoy the convention browse the vendors hang with every uh, hang with the the group of people that i went with like obviously have a good time and, and enjoy the convention experience as we always do um but luckily, Clive actually uh, came in there himself and said that, uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, they're going to give you tickets so you can come back up and get back to where you were in line so you can meet me. But I want you to go down and I want you to enjoy the convention 
and so you're not stuck here waiting. I'm not sure if that was a Mazermania call or if that was a Clyde Barker call. Regardless, that was the right move to do. And uh, no matter who it was, I, I <laughs> commend them for... I, I it could have very well. Remember that kid came back and said, "Oh, you can leave the line, but it depends on if the people around you want to let you back in." Yeah, that's true. So, uh, I believe it was a Clive. Uh, maybe someone at the Monster Mania Instagram uh, when we tag them when we post this, if they can confirm or deny that. Uh, Wait a I met a uh, George Perez, the comic book artist. Oh yeah, yeah. He does like personal sketches, but you take a number like you're at a deli, right? And he just. He'll tell you to come back periodically to see where we're at. And right, right. Like what number they're on. That's good. So you can you're not sitting in line for see, three that, hours. So you can walk around. Absolutely, that's the way like to do it. Two or three numbers, you go. With yeah, line. that's that's definitely the way to do it. And luckily, you know, I, I was able to go down and enjoy. Bridget and I were able to go back down and enjoy the the line. And then I I went back up and got my Hellraiser poster signed by uh, the one and only Clive Barker, who was. Uh, <clears throat> nothing but super gracious and super nice and had an amazing painting amazing paintings that he was painting during the show he's a good artist yeah he was well he was making paintings at night after the show and then selling them there and he had right. probably i think george romero is probably the only one that could rival what he had in his room um because i i think when we first met george he had a pretty decent lineup of stuff but then when we when he didn't have he had some stuff, but he definitely didn't have a lot. The second time we met him, and then and then there's one time he was in Maryland we saw, and we didn't meet him because we already had met him twice at that point. Yeah. Um, the, he was in the Maryland Monster Mania. He had, like... A full table of just like posters. 20 feet of, of stuff. He had everything. He had those puppets that I should have bought, but I sadly didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and his was impressive, and Clive's as well. You know, Hellraiser beanies and and posters and scripts and, and this and that, and it was really impressive. And, and as was George's, uh, as George got on later in his uh, in his uh, convention going uh, career, as it were. But um, but yeah, is there anybody? So right around, we'll go right around the the room here. Uh, do you have a top? person that you've met that you've enjoyed who is the best person you've met or a top one two or three people that you've met we may have done this on a prior episode but i'm sure people are, are gonna find this episode and find new things so you can in take this for uh what it is and hear our lists again um but yeah uh you start with uh you eric who are do you have a top one two or three people that you've met uh well obviously like romero's like my guy i love him so much and He's probably arguably my favorite. So uh, meeting him twice was really cool. I think the first time was really cool because it was much more intimate. Uh, the second time seemed a little bit rushed, if you can remember. That was in the front room of Monster Mania. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was great, obviously. Even though I didn't get uh, John Carpenter's autograph, I just got a picture with my bro- me, him, and my brother. And it was really a quick, very quick thing. Obviously, it's John Carpenter, so you get that mystique of... Uh, white nike leather shoes and cigarette smoke so uh, (laughs) that's a potpourri of a horror icon my friend uh so that was really cool um you know uh bill mosley was really really awesome at at horror hound he was uh as you were there with me he was he offered me mealworms um how about you eric would you like a mealworm yeah (laughs) hilarious 
He was eating, me- yeah, he had mealworms. My wife is in shock right now That's about this. But... Or maybe he wasn't even eating them. I don't know. He, they were just at his table, could be. I don't know. Um, and then Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins was hilarious. We talked to football a little, and, and he was really hilarious. Those are probably like the, I mean, obviously we've had some good experiences. Like I said, Tony Todd was really cool. Um, you know. Those are probably my top, top ones. Alden Henson was really cool, actually. I just met him from, you know, Mighty Ducks and stuff. We talked about music a little bit. He uh, actually was into some of the same bands I was into, so I kind of was a real big nerd and talked to him about music, but he was really cool, so. Nice. How about uh, how about you, Chris? All right. Um, very similar to Eric, obviously, Romero and Carpenter, but one that stands out is uh, Kane Hodder. Kane, yeah, Kane, of I course. I wasn't expecting this walking up to him. Grabbed me by my throat. Oh, yeah. And he actually had a grip. Like, I couldn't oh, breathe. Eric, I think you can relate to that. Eric, I think you're the yeah, one who took yeah, the picture, to be honest with you. I'm not going to take Chris's uh, spot or time here. I just, but yeah, I mean, when I when I met uh, Kane, he, he like, he really grabbed my neck, like, pretty good. I was not <laughs> expecting that at all, too. That's the yeah, thing I don't that... know if he was, like, trying to prove something or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, I think he actually made a comment because Jesse laughed. Do you remember this, Jesse? I vaguely do, yeah. And he's like, and he said something to her. He's like, he's just laughing because it's not him or something. I don't know. Yeah, I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, was not expecting that. uh, (laughs) But yeah. We could probably, he could probably touch it. You know, he can't do that anymore. Yeah, someone had uh, complained or something, right? I'm not sure the story, actually. I just know, all I really know is that, yeah, someone complained or He probably crushed some girl's trachea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, was, he had a good grip. He wasn't like... Josh. And, um... But, yeah. Uh, so, another thing that, like, obviously you just see some weird stuff at those things, but he was selling real machetes. Oh, yeah, I remember so that. Fucking weirdos walking around with machetes. Yeah, that yeah. Was a little... It's a little, <laughs> a little, a little concerning. Yeah. He did sell real machetes, but I don't think he, that's another thing. I don't think he. I don't think he does that anymore. I don't, how could you? Like, right. <laughs> uh, Sean, how about you? Uh, Kane Howard back in '09 <clears throat> when he told me he's gonna fuck me up. Yeah. Uh, you know, weren't a juggalo. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Justin and we met Bill Mosley together. We talked about Syracuse basketball with him for a bit. Obviously, you know, hanging out with Gunnar Hansen for 25 minutes and with the mafia. Yes, that was amazing. Obviously, my most recent one with Flair. It was only five minutes, but it was like totally worth a hundred bucks. I oh yeah, I mean it's Flair. Yeah, it is Flair. You call me Big Champ. So uh, <laughs> I would, <laughs> yeah, Big Champ. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how about you, Jesse? Uh, I mean, the first convention that we had went to, I had met two of the greatest uh, people that I've met back to back. Um, with Tom Atkins, just super like. Full life, like I think we were the first people that yeah. met him because we were the first ones in. And he did that dance going around. The yeah, table he did like us. a he did little bo- a little boot scoot and boogie around the uh, <laughs> around his table, and he was just like, and I think my favorite part of that actually was everyone was he was signing all of our autographs and we're just standing there and we we're just kind of all three of us, Brian, Sean, and I standing in front of him. We weren't in any kind of like order, and he's just signing stuff like, like right here, and he's just like. He's like, all right, uh, what's your name, son? <laughs> he's like, BT's like, uh, BT? <laughs> what, John? Frank? No, no, he's like, Frank? <laughs> he's like, no, BT? 
Oh, BT? All right, well, we can get that for you. So it was just like hilarious. Oh, man. And he's just like, and we're just like, oh, we, you know, we just did a movie night the other night. We, we watched Night of the Creeps, like, uh, prepping for you. And he's like, yeah, did. You got the Miller Light and you, you hung out, is what you did. You get, you get a little, you get a little in you, and then it's, it's a great time. I know exactly what you mean. Like, it was just, it was like, and it was just, and immediately, like, I was just like, this is amazing. Why wasn't I going to these when I was, like, five? But, and then, as Sean said, uh, we went over there, and Sean and I had a conversation with Gunnar Hansen for 25 minutes about the mafia involvement with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the, and the, you know, the, uh, the licensing and everything with that. And uh, that was amazing, because Gunnar's, you know, no longer with us, and, and he was just, like, super nice and just was super pumped to just talk i thought we were doing like fucking an interview for arrow like on the special features or something it was as nice as nice and as as informative as he was getting um and i mean it was just so many i really haven't had a bad interaction with anybody i can honestly say that but obviously meeting romero like you're you're meeting you know such a, an icon someone that literally has made movies that you just thought were catered to you and like same thing like uh when we met uh, Carpenter oh, yeah. uh, at his live show, not at a convention, but he was just like, I mean, and it wasn't as rushed as I thought. It was a little rushed, but it wasn't like crazy. And it was, uh, you know, it was just funny to just have him like have a small conversation with him. He signs his stuff and I was just like, shake his hand. I was like, hey, John, it's really a pleasure. I'm really excited for the show. Thanks for coming out. He's probably, thank, thank you. Thanks for, thank you for coming out. Uh, <laughs> And he, uh, you could tell he just was like so pumped. And I love that he didn't take one, I mean, not that he was singing, but he didn't tr- take one drink of water the entire time he was playing his hour and a half long set. That's not a convention, but how awesome was that? That was, uh, that was something for, for the record kind of book. I just want to let you know that Carpenter doesn't need water. He needs formaldehyde. You've seen yeah, body bags. He needs, that, he needs that sweet smoke. Yeah. <laughs> just a pack of Mars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think he smokes old golds, though? <laughs> I I smoking old golds or Winston. He's either Winston kind of guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm. Those are definitely like the ones that like really really stand out. Obviously, like Bill Mosley, like the guy, the D Wallace too. Uh, I'd be uh, morally remiss if I didn't uh, mention how truly kind uh, D Wallace was. Just su- asking where we came, where I came from. Uh, how long's the drive? Uh, she's like, is this all you got for a jacket? You better, it's cold out there right now. You better get su- super mom. motherly. Yeah. Like, it just like made you, I just wanted her to tuck me in <laughs> in a non-sexual way. Um, but like, just like an icon, just so nice and genuinely pumped for like her fans. Um, like I said, I really haven't, I haven't had a bad interaction with anybody. Just really like, and you know, I've met Linnea twice and, uh, she actually came to Syracuse to uh, Bridget's uh, illustrious uh, donut shop, and donut shop. Um, and she was like always, she was just super nice, and it was cool to see her just checking out like the donut shop, you know, a piece of uh, of our city here and, and stuff like that. And she was really nice. And then the, the first time I met her, and a little insight to uh, that convention, Scaracon, which is now going to be taking place in Rochester instead of. Verona, which, and I think it initially had taken place in Syracuse, and it was called Scaracuse. Yeah. Scaracon. Scaracon. Well, I think it was called Scaracuse initially. 
Yeah, like but the, the very fir- the very yeah. first name, and then it changed to Scaricom when they moved to Verona, New York, at the Turning Stone, and now they're in Rochester. But regardless, um, some insight to her, she charged like thirty dollars for an autograph. <clears throat> so I paid thirty dollars, but she signed my Scream Queens Illustrated fucking thing. Like whatever she, you had. She yeah. signed uh, an eight by. T- well, I, I picked out like an eight by ten, and she yeah. had this Scream Queen Illustrated uh, there. And I was just like, uh, she's like, yeah, that's the last one. That's the original. Like, well, these were never repressed. She's like, she's like, I got two of these left. And she's like, one of them I'm saving because I realized I don't have one. And I was like, uh, I'll take that then, too. Um, and so I actually, I do think I paid for that, too. So I think I paid 60 But she signed, like, her, she, like, uh, I bought the DVD, uh, brought the DVD. And she, the Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout or whatever. She signed that. She signed the insert. I got, like, seven, six, or, like, four, well, I don't even know, five autographs, something like, I don't know, four, something, I don't know, uh, all these autographs, and I I only got charged for two, and they were, like, asking her, they're like, wait, how many things did you sign? She's like, does it matter? He bought something, like, he, you know, he bought two things, like, $60, like, she's, he, they're like, yeah, but we were charged by signature, and she's just, like, kind of, like, didn't even, like, no-sold it, like, she didn't even hear him, and she had a, like, really nice, like, conversation with me, and we are talking about, um, uh, it was right before, uh, uh, the band I was in at the time was heading out uh, west, and we talked. She, I was talking to her there a little bit about the West Coast and stuff because she's obviously an LA gal. But um, regardless, uh, yeah, just super nice, and uh, I'll, for the most part, everyone seems very genuinely touched that they're meeting their fans, and I guess getting the money. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's uh, it's just been uh, it's been awesome to. That we've all gone, and then we've all gone and enjoyed these things together. Especially like all of us met Robert, Eng- the four of us and MBT uh, met um, Robert England together. Like that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, Eric, I know you caught carp in uh, Philly, um, uh, but we were able to, you know, we we saw carp together. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's uh it's cool to say that we did those things too you know we met all met george together yeah. like it's i mean to say that i mean george romero I like george, yeah that's still and you know george is gone now i mean to, to really think about that I and to think earlier meet him while you can you know, and, and i know if you want to exactly and we've talked about this on this podcast uh endlessly especially with you know the the, the mount rushmore of horror directors when you talk romero carpenter wes and toby like as far as like the faces of di- directors of horror, and you know George, George Romero is the landmark director in independent cinema horror. The genre aside, independent cinema, he did what no one had done prior. Yeah, you know when you think about the success and and what Night of the Living Dead means to like not even the horror genre, but the not just the horror genre, but the <clears throat> independent film industry as a whole, like. Uh, total maverick and to just say that we've experienced like meeting him and seeing him just enjoy meeting us and like you know talking to freaking bt about his opera shirt and like you know just it's uh it's really cool to say that we did that yeah for sure i mean like you're saying they're going down they're gonna go down as uh some of the greatest ever especially in uh in horror and, and beyond it as well um and it's yeah like i said it's, it's an honor to meet him and it's uh you know, once in a lifetime, but in Romero, twice in a lifetime thing. So yeah, 
So uh, we'll end this with uh, what is one person that you would pay to meet or that you would like to meet that you haven't yet? I still haven't met John Carpenter. No. Oh yeah, you just you just saw, saw him with yeah, us. You I, didn't I knew, you I didn't, didn't do the meet and greet. I did the VIP package without the meet and greet. Oh, okay, this is um, I am going going off that, but like the one person I always wanted to meet, John Carpenter, and I got the and you got you got yeah, him. Like there obviously there's more people want to meet, but he was at the top. He was the us, top, yeah. And I got to does do it, that. So does it have to be like uh, like no no anybody, no, no it does not it does not have to be horror um. No, I mean if I mean if we're saying that, I mean like Arnold and Sly are on oh, the yeah, list, like, like right, anyone sure. that's I mean, in the. Like... I guess like uh, like realistically, I, I you know the Monster Squad is like my favorite movie ever, and I would love to meet pretty much any of the people from Monster Squad. I really, I, I, they not one has been to any of the conventions I've done. I've been to. I don't think they 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 did a Monster Mania once. In that. It was a long time. It was a while before, like I, I didn't go to that one at least. So. And I know some of them did the Chiller Theater when, uh, when uh, John Engel and I went. Yeah. So, but those, I mean, obviously them. Um, but beyond that, like really big. I mean, obviously, like you said, Stallone or Schwarzenegger, Kurt Russell would be a dream. Oh yeah. Jeff Bridges would be a dream as well, since I love. Uh, I love Jeff Bridges, but The Big Lebowski, one of my favorite movies of all time as well. So, so um, there are a few people that are on my list of that I want to get, but people that like are on the tippy top of that list, you know, people that have been eliminated. You're obviously talking about Romero, who I met very early on in the convention going days, but uh, Carpenter meeting two years ago was a huge like thing. Meeting Clive like this weekend, especially because I really haven't seen any conventions in the East Coast that Clive Barker's done. So that was like really that was really cool to 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 really knock him off there and and to to just be able to shake his hand and be like hey thank you thank you for for everything that you've uh, done as far as contributing to you know your the art that I enjoy that you make but um a few that and he's been at a couple I don't think he's been to any that I've been to because if he was I would have had three things signed um, but Eddie Furlong is near the top of the list right now. He does some, right? Yes, yes, yeah, he yeah. he does some. Um, so Eddie Furlong is definitely up there. Obviously, people I can't meet, uh, you know, Wes uh, and yeah, to- I mean, Wes yeah. and Toby, who obviously, you know, just to to say that you know I met George and and Carp or, or and Clive are like huge uh, in that realm. But Eddie Furlong is is way up there right now as far as people that realistically do yeah. these conventions. Um, uh, one I passed on because I didn't want to be let down and he looked a little irritated and I regret it immensely is Jason Patrick, obviously Lost Boys being my favorite movie of all time. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to live that one down cause I have a feeling he'll never do a convention on the East coast again. I have faith it's going to happen. I mean, if you're listening, uh, Dave Hagen and, or any other bookers of, uh, these, uh, East coast or specifically Northeast horror conventions, um, I mean, if Jason Patrick does like a Texas Frightmare, I might have to may have to go to the Lone Star State, um, <laughs> because uh, I mean, Kiefer Kiefer is a huge one too, and I know he's done. I think he did Texas Frightmare, and I think he did like maybe a Horror Hound uh, two years ago for the. I'm pretty sure he did Horror Hound Indianapolis with Jason Patrick for a 30th anniversary of the Lost Boys. Um, and I think I was actually uh, like out on like, uh, warp tour at the time. So I was unable to go. So it was just very painful. So Keith Kiefer's definitely 
Kiefer, Jason Patrick, and Eddie Furlong are definitely, I think, my top three right now. Yeah. It's so easy to, to name a bunch of people. Obviously, I would, you know, Kiefer would be on the list, that, you know, some sort of list I would have as well. So, you know what I mean? I'm sure all of us are, can, oh, can yeah. name a whole bunch of people. I say, I say to get down to the bottom of your Kiefer uh, dilemma, though, you go to one of his concerts, since he's a, he's a musician, and you just corner him there. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just walk up to him and go, where's Star David? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will leave it at that. Um, you can well, find... the other guys? The other guys that named them. Wait, did... did... They... Yeah, yeah. 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 Off Sean, Sean, you did too? Yeah, I said John Carpenter. That's all you got? Well, obviously, like, you know... Like... I mean, obviously, I think James Hong is on guy? all of our lists yeah. now. What about the guy who played McGruber? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind being him, I'm not going to lie. What's his name, Will Forte or Yeah, something? Will Forte. <laughs> you know, also there the other go. star of McGruber, uh, you know, Chris Jericho. Listen. Jericho did a con last year, too. He did uh, New Jersey Horror Con. We'll be back with our next episode where we cover McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> the McGruber commentary. Best, best SNL film of all time. No. Uh, okay. Highly inaccurate. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne's World. Right Obviously. Um, the ladies, you, man. Uh, but you can find us on uh, Instagram at HeartGodMedia. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HeartGodMedia Podcast. I think you can it's find either Sean at, at Jorge Hendo three one five Instagram. <laughs> and uh, you can find us. We're on everywhere that you hear podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google uh, Google Podcasts or Play or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Apple Podcasts, of course. Um, and uh, Anchor dot, uh, FM, you can find us there. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, please do rate, review, listen, stream, download, spread the word. Uh, do what you can to get this out um, because we are doing the absolute bare minimum to do that. Um, so with that, uh, we thank you. I thank all the uh, my illustrious uh, friends and uh, co- uh, co-hosts. And the uh, the slight chuckles that we've got from uh, Miss uh, Miss Jen Elward, um, and and I was getting to you, and the input and the input of Sean Whalen. <laughs> no, I said the input from Sean. Yeah, I did say from Sean Whalen. Okay. Bridget Whalen. Bridget Um Actually, we're gonna call her Miss Roach. Uh, but on that note, we shall leave you, and uh, thanks for uh, listening.